0: Welcome to Under the Blanket, and I am your host, Baba Here Love. But as you know, as I know, I am not Baba Here Love. That is just a label, and I'm not a body, and I'm not a separate self. I am the cosmos. You look out at the stars, that's me. You look in the mirror, that's me. You look at a tree, that's me. You look in the toilet, that's me. Now, um, so I'm nobody special, we're all the same being, is what I'm getting at. Now anyway, we're under Mirage's blanket, and we're in his heart, where we we become that nobody specialness, and we see how it's all one, as he said, sub and And uh, I have today on the show, someone that's been on the show a few times before. Say hello, Jason. Howdy, ola. Yeah, it's good to have you on the show again. Always great to be here, man yes and here we are and here we are so I thought I'd start off this show and we're going to talk about like uh, ideologies and uh, the different cultural political differences and stuff like that and how it relates to awakening to oneness and spirituality and so on so I thought a uh, great story and maybe it happened for the show um, uh, I was out at the dollar store and uh, me and my lady had just gone in uh, in Kalingo's uh, it's a you know I'm not working for them this is not an advertisement but we went in there we got some food and uh, we're like we forgot the toilet paper so I'm running in to the dollar store to get the toilet paper now I run in um uh, and then this guy is at the other counter and I'm waiting to get in line and it's not that many people and he just casually and you know he's he's like the ultimate stereotype of a you know a cracker honky white person. <laughs> uh, you know, that's just so, you know, racist and redneck and his attitude and the way he dresses. And you look like he's just about to go to a Klan rally type. It's like that yeah. kind of stereotype. And we know that stereotypes aren't true. So that person could have been liberal or he could have been uh, a rocket scientist. We don't know. But anyway, he he fit the stereotype because all of a sudden he starts talking about cues and money and uh He's calling people Jews and things like that, but not like, oh, to him, that's that's not a bad thing. Right. What were you going to say?
1: No, I was just really digging what you're saying because I run into him all the time living in Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there are different areas where there's these types of, that sort of fit that mold, I guess you should say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, in Pennsylvania areas there. I was like, uh, in South Jersey, it's kind of like that. It's like, we call South Jersey a lot of times, North Alabama, and you call
1: Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So anyway, what's interesting that happened. So he says the Jew thing and spontaneously I do this kind of guerrilla theater thing. I guess you could call it. And I start yelling at him about anti semitism and, uh, and I, and I just like, wow! Well, dare you? What, you, all, what, you use anti-Semitism and Jewish people are people. And then, but I wasn't angry. I was coming from a place of love. So that must have threw them off. You yeah. know? So I'm coming from a place of love and non-judgment. I was in a state where I see that indeed I am him and he is me and we are one. And mm-hmm. I was seeing that his racist ego trips about Jews, anti-Semitism, it's called, um, our we're one so his his ego trips are my ego trips we're all the same being and all our karma it's like his stuff and our, my stuff is all it's all our stuff from this spiritual perspective and here I am yelling at him like that but the vibe I'm presenting as I'm yelling at him is love and not an acceptance so that must have him off and then I start like shifting from the yelling to like crying pleading. And I'm like, why can't you see that Jews are human beings and all this kind of stuff? And he's trying to walk to his car and yeah. he starts cracking up at this. And he says, oh, you're being melodramatic. And he's laughing. And then the, the clerk who uh, in her flesh suit happened to be a black woman is laughing. And it's all a big scene. And then he's, uh, he, le- he walks out. And my uh, Elise noticed that, you know, he's he's talking to his person he's with in the truck. Of course, it's the truck. It's always. A pickup truck. Yes. Now he's going to his pickup truck and he's saying, I can't. What did he say, I. Some people, some people are just so fucked up and we can't say fucked up on this show. And then I'm I'm talking with the lady. I'm buying the toilet paper and I'm saying, you know, I, I try to combine confronting people with humor and love. And she gets it. She totally gets it. I'm sure she, as a black woman on her flesh, too, at least has dealt with these type of situations and what what does it do getting all angry at a person they're not going to learn i figured the way i did it it might plant a seed in his mind about maybe he can reconsider those things not out of i have to be not racist to be good but that it makes no sense so they'll see that beyond that sort of thing through love rather than judgment which i think a lot of people they get caught in the righteousness of being politically correct i am not racist and i am every liberal thing that's right and i never do a non-politically incorrect thing and and they get righteous and they get judgmental and they pick up our everyone for all that kind of stuff when we know in reality backstage in the here and now we're all one and then the end of the story is i go out there after i buy the toilet paper and i have a serious little bit of a discussion with them and he did he indeed says uh you know, he says, oh yeah, we're all people, but the Jews are Jews, and that's what it comes down oh. to with this kind of, yeah, yeah, was really probably going on his way to a Klan rally, he, you know, and he was about, you know, the stereotype that Jews have something to do with being cheap, and so on, and, you know, it's the dehumanization, that people are people, but Jews are Jews, it's like, they're not in the us, it's that whole situation of the us versus them, there's us, the white people, and there's them, the other people, are there's us, the liberals, who are not racist, and there's them, the racists. Or there's us, the we're Democrats, and then the Republicans, and so on and so forth. So I figured that's a great way to start off the show telling the story, because it brought up a lot of stuff. So, Jason, uh, I give you a lot to work with, and maybe you have something to say about all this.
1: Well, you know what? I, I Indeed, I do. Um, I experienced this, at least... Four times a month. And I find that. uh, What's necessary is to approach it from a point of empathy. And I call it guerrilla empathy. You have to force empathy down their throats. So how do you do that? It's kind of like a uh, Chinese finger puzzle. Instead of. Because I used to like scream myself hoarse and scream at them and say, what are you doing? But I learned that if you tr- approach it from a point of view of like you know what i understand where you're coming from i understand your frustrations i understand your fears let's explore your fears of what you're going through and then i try to and then i i take the platonic method if you will i listen to what they're saying and i listen to their frustrations of not being heard not being listened to and being afraid that they're being eclipsed and i think the best way to approach it is instead of saying you know what you've had your voice for long enough to instead say you know what i understand how that feels i understand how it feels to be voiceless let's engage in a dialogue of not being heard and it really works really well for me i find in pencil talkie, uh when i talk to people because i generally But generally, you know, I drink like a bitch. So I go to bars and I talk to people. They drink like bitches. And sometimes they're a little willing to listen to what I'm saying. So I'm like, if I say something to them, they're willing to say, you know what? I'm so happy that you as a black guy, because they generally assume that I'm not going to listen to them. And that I'm like this crazy militant black guy. And I'm just like, hey, man, you know what? I understand your pain. You know what? I understand what it feels like to be voiceless let's engage into a greater dialogue. You take what I'm saying, man, you know? Yeah, I do. And, you know, uh, to respond to that, uh, you brought
0: up black militants. It's interesting because I, figured this, this show is about under, uh, Miraji, he's the blanket guy and Ramdas and that lineage. There was the, the black Panthers that were considered militant and the FBI killed these people and the cops killed these people. And, uh, uh, they, they they were reaching out, though, at a certain point. They weren't just about uniting the black community. They wanted to reach out to the white poor, and they wanted to bring together the lower classes and change the economic system. And it was Indeed. really... And, um, but it was done from a lot of sense of what you were saying, uh, militants, like they want to unite with the black poor, but it had a sense of righteousness about militants. And I'm not against... I'm very pro-Black Panther, I think. They were really cool, and I consider them heroes and so on. But I do think ultimately righteousness won't do it. That's why the 60s failed is a sense of righteousness. Even when amongst the hippies, they would have a spiritual sense of righteousness. Are you on the bus? Or are you off the bus kind of ideology? It was too divisive. And your your way of approaching it is about uniting people and so on and so forth. So I see they see the difference in that. But it's funny because the Black Panthers actually came to the same conclusions because um bobby seal and fred hampton they they actually got a hold of uh, they went into somewhat like um one of them i forget which one um but he uh, can't remember his name right now but he went in solitary confinement and in solitary confinement he had nothing else to do but meditate when he meditated he found that it's all one he discovered that samadhi uh that he had a very vast spiritual experience about one with the cosmos. What else are you going to do in solitary confinement and that meditate? So he forced himself to meditate and he got to that place. And then when he saw books like Be Here Now with Ram Dass, he was like, I get it. And he ended up talking to Ramdas and Ramdas helped advise him. And he found the other Black Panthers, some of them, not all of them. Some, Bobby Seale also got into the spiritual stuff. But some of the Black Panthers were upset because they were like, hey, you're not angry about all this stuff. You don't think it's don't you think it's unjust? He's like, yes, it's unjust, but, you know, it's all one, and they wouldn't get that part of it, and they, they but he said, Ramdas gave him good advice, he's like, yes, you see it's all one, and your scene starting to blow apart, because it was run on a lot of righteousness, but what you do is, you, on the inside, you see it's all one, and you remain calm and centered and all that, and you remain in that spiritual state, and then you just play the role of Black Panther, so you go up there, and like I did in the story, you give a r- 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 rousing speech but you're doing it from a place of calmness you can be animated and say things loud and be calm and loving so he was like saying he said be an essence black panther so i figured that is relating to what you are saying you know well
1: you know what you have a really good point there but it it, it runs deeper than that because in, in the description that you just gave it only that method only really serves preaching to the choir how do you reach the other side i find you reach the other side when uh, you not just say like what you're going through or where you're at or where you're what what, what where you're at emotionally or how it's gotten you down because the other side is never going to listen to that they're never really going to truly understand because they don't have the empathy Many of them to actually understand where that's coming from, how you how you reach them is to say, like, you know what, my struggle is your struggle. They may be drastically different messages, but what we're striving for is the same thing. You're in pain. I'm in pain. We're both struggling to be heard. And that's how we actually reach reached this precipice of just like you know what uh because you know i've listened to i've one of the greatest things i've ever ha- that ever happened to me was i was once at a bar and there was this neo-nazi that was there this is an absolute true story and he got really drunk and he just started spewing out all this hate and this was in this was in philadelphia west philadelphia and everybody was ready to kick his ass like, just punch him in the face. And I got in between everyone, and I went up to him, and I tried to give him a hug. He pushed me away, and I said, no, no, that's not what it's all about. I'm going to give you a hug because I know and I feel what you're going through. And I hugged him, and he cried in my arms. So this neo-Nazi cried in my arms and, and like, just melted. Melted. And all he wanted to do was be heard. And I feel like he never was ever heard before. And he just literally melted in my heart, my arms. And and we're still friends to this day. Um.
0: That is a really beautiful story. It reminds me of that guy who uh, his flesh, his face suit, his flesh suit, whatever you want, flesh popsicle is black. Uh, And he goes in the Klan rallies. And talks to these people, and they're cool with him going around and hanging with them. So I guess the clan has changed a little bit. And they hang with him, and a lot of them through hanging with him and being heard, like you said, they, he listens to them, and they go on these racist rants, and he doesn't, I think a part of uh, what you're talking about is he's listening to them without judging, you know, Indeed. like you were saying. And then boom, boom, boom! All these clan members start leaving the clan because of their interaction with this man who's not afraid. He goes into these clan places. He's not afraid, you know.
1: That is absolutely true, and it's the magic. It's it actually it it comes across as magic, but it's just the true reality of empathy, love, and compassion. And I've witnessed it firsthand how you can actually melt hearts. You're not going to reach everyone, okay? Because some people just want to be angry. But I, tr- the average person who is just, like, you know, frustrated, if you dig deep enough, you will find where their true reality is. And it's not from hate. It's just from fear, hurt, and pain.
0: Yeah. I want to jump to another thing that relates to this. As um, Indeed. Ram, Ram Das was... Um, upset. Uh, he's the blanket guy's uh, like disciple, I guess you could say, or messenger to the west from India to the east. And he's getting upset about what's happening uh, with starvation in Bangladesh at the time it was the 60s, and he's all ah. worked up about that. Now he goes up to Miraji, and Miraji, he's like, Miraji, I gotta go, and I gotta help people, and I gotta change the world, and I'm gonna turn this hippie bus into a hospital bus. And then all of a sudden, uh, Maraji says, Ramdas, don't you see it's all perfect? I and mean, he Mar- Ramdas feels like he sl- got slapped in the face, but um, he comes to understand that on a certain level, uh, it's it, there's a cosmic level to things that, like, um, the way we are now with capitalism and racism and the systematic injustices is like mud, you could say, in nature, there's mud. And things grow from mud. So you have this mud of capitalism and racism and divisions and all this. And then all of a sudden, all, there's a seed planted of a lotus flower or whatever, however lotus flowers work. And then yeah. you have the water of things like you're doing with empathy and, and listening to people and then spiritual work and uh, external uprisings and political reforms and all this stuff is all related. Like all of it. Not of it is good or bad. It just nature now the nature yeah. start and then the lotus grows the way it grows it's like you can't rush the lotus i think that's a, a lot of people in the activist community and so on which is understandable it is pretty shitty but they get really uh, really worked up and they want it to go faster than it is but it goes at the rate it does like the snake sheds the skin at the rate it does and it's all going to be okay but in its own cosmic timing so to speak cuz on a certain level it all has its perfection in its place. It's the horrible beauty of Kali's dance, so to speak. Indeed, and, yes. Yeah, and uh, before you go, it's one other thing is that perspective feels very peaceful. So if you step back from the melodrama and you look at it and you're like, it's all okay the way it is, you feel this immense peace and bliss. Now, that can be a cop-out, which I want you to address, because you could be like, okay, it's all perfect the way it is, so... If someone falls in front of me, uh, that's their karma, you know. And they start like getting these god intoxicants, where you you get it's all so perfect, so you stop feeding yourself. You know, you you literally start living in a trash dump, and you're like wasting your weight or nothing. This is happening. Like Ramana Maharshi, he was at a point where he was living in some basement, rats were crawling around, he's dying. They had a help, and he's in bliss. It's all perfect, right? I'm, it's all God. What's the big deal? So he didn't care, but they helped him. Like, that's the thing, integrating these spiritual stuff like perfection and oneness. How do we integrate that high, lofty spiritual stuff into the everyday talking with someone at a bar like you're doing,
1: you know? Yeah, Um, I think how you do it is by. um Illuminating the dark night of the soul and letting them know that that's not the end and letting them know that that is just a spark to the beginning. That's how I've always done it. I mean, I don't have all the answers. I am not a perfect person. I get frustrated. I get angry, but I try to remember and I try to return to that garden of remembrance. If you dig what I'm saying, you know, uh, and when I talk to other people, during my worst moments, when I have the least faith in humanity, I talk to the angriest people and they give me hope. Because if I can spark a conversation with them, it actually triggers something in me and it gives me hope. And through my hope, I try to push that light onto them. Like I don't, I don't know if it's true or not, but I hope that our dialogue together sparks a greater Fire, you know, and I think that's the only way to go. Like, we can uh, we can obviously just yell at each other and say you're wrong and you're wrong and you're wrong, but if we just try to listen and actually just say, you know what, I understand your pain, but I also through your pain I see your heart. And it has yeah, nothing to do with that religion. Really that has nothing to do with religion, you know, because everyone tries to throw it towards our religion like well that's just kind of what juices would say or like you know uh the great spaghetti monster would say you know but it actually has something deeper this unifying energy that we all have that makes us push forward you know i don't know uh, you know a lot more about these things than i do because you're you know you're i i love your heart and i love Your ideas, they just always give me hope. Whenever I listen to your post, they just really spark a smile in me, you know?
0: Well, uh, as far as who I am, I am you. I am that guy you talked in the bar. I am the shit thrown down the toilet. I am the stars. And that's just one little part of me, the universe. One little, like, bubble in a big bath, you know? And that's one of There's infinite other levels of myself. And every being that's ever been and ever will be is me. And every level is my level. And it's all just a dream of mine. And we go through, we live out as one. We live out all the different parts of the racist in Kentucky. And we live out the liberal in New York. And we live it all out. And we go through it all together. I mean, whatever that racist in Dollar Store was going through, we all the beings in the whole existence are going through his pain, like you were saying here we go through his pain, and then all yeah. the beings in the whole universe are going through the liberals' pain of drinking the liberal kool-aid and being so righteous and being so angry and dealing with you know looking at Biden and buying into that stuff and really thinking you know he's gonna do something when he's a you know a slave to the corporations and the senators, yeah you know. And that's a, that's a kind of pain, too. ask you know, like Buddha says, life is suffering. But we at least go through it together. And there is ways out of it. We can make peace with it. And one of the ways we make peace of it is connecting with people, is finding their heart and things like that. And uh, I find, you know, it makes the journey worth it. And eventually we all get back. It's like, from my perspective, it's a game, a cosmic game of hide and seek. We basically we're all one in the beginning, and when there's nothing, there's nothing happening. It's all just formless nothingness, it's like a void. But there is love, and that's who we are. And then we dream up all this stuff. We live it all out. It feels so real, and that's the hiding, the feeling so real, where we think we're a person, and we're going down the street, and we don't like Jews, and that's what it's about. That's the hiding, we're hiding from ourselves Then that guy maybe down the line He eats some mushrooms or he meditates Or he hears a person in a bar talking to him He starts to see there's something more to life So he starts seeking it He's reading the Upanishads He's reading Eckhart Tolle, whatever he's getting into He's looking for more And then one day he finds out He was the whole everything The whole time and it was all just a game of hide and seek You know And that's the perspective that I'm saying You know so, uh, now do I, that they were interesting, say, me and this path and all that, and a religion is a lot of these, not all the religions, not the Eastern religions, a lot of them aren't like this, but say, the religions that we're familiar with in the West, a lot of times they have to convert people, and they have to push it down your throat, you know what I mean? Indeed. So, now I want to get in to ask you a question about, say, what do we do about, I mean, you look on the internet, and it's so... There's there's the opposite of what you're talking about. No one's listening to each other. We're all in our echo chambers. And, you know, we got the, the conservatives are listening to alt-right stuff or regular right stuff or whatever. And then you got the liberals and they're in their liberal Kool-Aid drinking echo yeah. chambers. Yeah. You got the leftists and they're all fighting amongst other leftists about how pure a leftist they are. <laughs> and Indeed. they're putting down the liberals and the conservatives. And they're the most isolated, probably, even though, and I, that, you know, I agree with all, the leftist problem is they have all the answers, and it's right, they, all their answers are true, but they can never connect with anyone because
1: of that. Yes! You know? Oh my god, you're so right. I That's the frustrating thing I have about it, is that I, th- I feel like the 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 far right have this unified message. Even if they don't agree with each other, they don't air their laundry in person, but I feel like the far left, they're so at each other's throats that they will destroy their own promises in order to get their own voices heard. And i, I it's obviously ego, but it's like, and it's not like the far right are ego but I feel like the far left are so fractious in their need to be heard that they will destroy each other and then give greater power and greater voice to the far right because people get afraid when they hear a bunch of people on the left just yelling at each other and screaming at each other like like what happened in the last election you know um like what
0: you you know che Guevara right yes well he said something just like you described you probably not even even heard this book but he said the american left now there's like the french left they're more unified there's other areas where the left is stronger but in america the left is so fractured like you're talking about and there's all these problems and everybody's so self-righteous and ego and all that and uh i that's why i don't even consider myself any ideology but and uh, even though people try to pigeonhole me as a communist anarchist and super left and all that kind of stuff, i really just think i'm saying ideas but anyway enough about me what they're saying is um the our said the american left and it hasn't changed or it's just like a firing squad, and they're all aiming the guns at each other. You know, it's gotten like has it changed much since the 60s? You know, like uh, uh, have you heard? Have you? I mean, that's a good. I mean, how can? Where do we go from here? As say you're into the leftist ideas, I mean, how can we change that possibly?
1: Um, how we change this by giving more voices. Because how we are in America is that there's either a left or a right, and there's so much more to that. It's there's so much more dynamics to the voices of the American people. Most Americans don't really give two flying fucks about like you know if you're like far left or far right. They just want to be heard and they want to give voice to power, and and that comes whether if you're white or black or how you lie. But I think that the most dangerous thing what we're going through right now is the extremes. The extremes are incredibly dangerous. And there are the people that are giving us. And listen, I understand the fight and I understand the need for it to be heard. But we need a unifying voice for all people.
0: Yeah, Okay. well, I
1: got to stop you right there, Jason, because we have
0: reached near the end of this show.
1: Right on. And I thank
0: you for being on the show under the blanket. I, this has been your host, Baba, your love. And we have Jason uh, espousing a unifying ideas. So you could sign up for his religion at this specific website. Jason is the No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Jason doesn't <laughs> operate like that. But anyway, um, you know, I'll uh, end with this. Ram Dassin be here now says. Hippies create police. Police create hippies. If you're in polarity, you're creating your opposites. If you must protest, you must love the people whose ideas you're protesting against as much as yourself. What it comes down to is if you're identified as being leftist or right or whatever, that creates a vibration of separation, which ends up increasing separation. If you go out in the street and you start screaming about ending war, that is helping create the war. So, what you know, if, if you could hear the message of the show today, perhaps see yourself in the person you disagree with
1: the most. See
0: yourself in that right-wing loony talking about Trump. Go up to him in the bar and listen to him. All right, thank you, That is everyone. beautiful. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. And remember, goodbyes are lies with the eyes. We are all... One, and there are no goodbyes. Oh, yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage is God.